0: Well, this morning, it's uh, my pleasure. Did you ever fall and skinned your knee and you run to mommy or daddy? Did you ever remember doing that? Well, this week I got sicky. I got a little sick, and so I ran to my daddy. I said, Daddy, Daddy, would you mind preaching for me on Sunday? He says, "I, I don't know. Let me see. And literally within hours, he already had the outline, the message, everything was good to go. So I can tell you, he is raring to preach. And so please welcome my dad, Pastor Doug Zek, Sr. Good morning. morning. Happy Palm Sunday. I'd like to, first of all, on behalf of Jan and myself, thank everyone for your prayers and your financial support while we were in Hawaii uh ministering there at with YWAM uh ships and I don't know if we got it or not but we I want you to if you got a chance check out their website uh it's ywam ywam dot ships.net and uh check out what's going on with them I, I you know we were excited about going but we are just Thrilled with what God is doing through this ministry, and I'd like to have you check it out more. Uh, they uh, just just something new is happening every week with them. This uh, just recently they had they're out in Papua New Guinea right now, but they're also ministering in in Panama and also in uh, uh, the Marshall Islands as well as other places in the world. But those are the three primary spots right now. In P&G, Papua New Guinea, they had a medical emergency. And so they were able to stabilize uh, this patient. And then the uh, medevac helicopter came in and was able to transport the patient to a a, uh, regional hospital there. And now what that has done is has formed another partnership where now where they have extreme medical problems with people that are serving there as volunteers or the, the local PNG people, uh, they're able to medevac them uh, to a regional hospital. So just that's something new that happened just since we've come back home. So it's exciting to see what's happening, and uh, again, w- I want to thank you all for uh, your prayers and your support. Also, you can go to their, their Facebook page if you if you're using Facebook and look up YWAM ships, and then you want to look in, look, type in YWAM ships Kona, and you can uh, see a lot of the exciting things that are going on. Well, this morning, as Doug mentioned, I have the opportunity to to speak, and and so as I was just uh, kind of mulling this over, I kind of slept on it overnight, and and uh, asked the Lord, okay, what what would you want me to share about? Uh, This day being the day we celebrate Christ's entrance into Jerusalem where he was recognized as the King of the Jews. And this title is what I want to leave with you today as we look at this as a a prophetic word that was given over 500 years prior to Jesus even being born. But the title of what Jesus has laid upon my heart is Jesus invites you... To open your house. Jesus is inviting you today to open your house. And so what is the significance of Palm Sunday? Why do we celebrate this day? And why do we have the beautiful children up here signing uh, Jesus is alive? You know, because this was the first day of Passion Week where Jesus came into Jerusalem He's, to fulfill prophecy, and I'll share that with you in a moment. But in seven days, beginning on Palm Sunday, Jesus was celebrated. He, he celebrated the Passover with his disciples. He was betrayed with a kiss. Uh, he was tried and, uh, for sentenced to crucifixion. He was then crucified, and then on the third day, he rose from the grave. All this happened in a span of seven days, commencing with his grand entrance into the city of Jerusalem. Uh, So Jesus knew about this prophecy that I'm going to share with you in a moment because he was a student of the scriptures. He understood the prophets, and I'm sure that he had heard about the prophecy of Zechariah. And so Jesus, because he came to fulfill everything that the scriptures said about him, was determined to fulfill this particular prophecy. And so we'll read it in uh, Zechariah chapter 9 and verses 9 and 10. And uh, again, just to emphasize the fact that this passage or this prophecy was given over 500 years prior to Jesus being born as a baby in that manger in Bethlehem. But here's Zechariah the prophet saying, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey... On a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The first detail and the first thing I want to point out in this prophecy is notice what it says here, the prophet is saying, behold, going back to verse 9, if you could go back to verse 9. Uh, in the scripture it says, behold, your king is coming to you. Now let me ask you this question, when's the last time the king, a king has come to you? When's the last time a president has come to you? When's the last time an elected official has come to you except for their vote, you know? Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he's not asking us to come to him. He came to us. He left heaven. He left his home with the father and he came to us. Now, that's, you know, usually if you're going to a king wants to see you, he would send his emissary or his ambassador, and he will have a summons in his hand, and he would say, "You are commanded or you are ordered to be in my presence at such as such a time." But not so with King Jesus. Jesus comes to us, and Jesus has come here today. He got here before you got here this morning, and Jesus made his grand entrance into Jerusalem, that center, the religious center of all of Israel. He came to them because he wanted to, to, them to understand that he was ushering in a new kingdom, a new relationship that he was going to have with his people. And so that's the very first thing. In, in, in John's gospel, chapter 1, and verses 11 through 13, we read these words. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. We'll see this as you go through the Passion Week. That the same people that celebrated his entrance into Jerusalem, they were in that same crowd the day they crucify him. Crucify him! They were fickle. One day they want his deliverance; the next day they want his death. The religious leaders hated Jesus, and Jesus came to his own people, the Jewish people in this case, but they did not receive him. The Scripture goes on to say, "But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name." He gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of God. Man, not of the will of man, but of God. So, the significance of this Palm Sunday, the significance of this prophecy being fulfilled, is to let us know that. We don't have to go to Jesus. Jesus has come to us. And he is inviting us to open up our house, to open up our hearts, to open up our life. Just as he makes that grand entrance to Jerusalem, he wants to make a grand entrance into your life this morning. Will you welcome him? Don't make that mistake, the same mistake that his own people made, in not receiving him. He was, he's here today. And he wants you to extend a king's welcome to him. He wants you to open up your life, your home, your house to him today. That he may establish his kingdom in your life. The second point that Jesus, the second detail that Jesus fulfilled in this prophecy is back again In verse 9, he says, Behold, your king is coming to you righteous. Righteous. Jesus was righteous. In other words, he had no sin. Now, this did not happen overnight. From the day Jesus was born as a baby in a manger to 33 and a half, nearly 34 years later, he lived a sinless life. He was righteous before God. He was righteous before man. Jesus loved a people. He, didn't, it, he, he was righteous in his relationships. He was just in all of his ways. Jesus treated lepers, prostitutes, lawyers, kings, religious leaders, the poor, the rich, the young, and the old. He treated them all the same. He did not have a preference for one person or one individual over another. He was just And righteous in all of his dealings with us. And he still is today. And so when the prophecy was given by Zachariah. He said behold your king is coming to you. And he's a righteous king. He's a king without sin. He's one that loves you as you are right now. And he wants you again to extend that. that, Receive that invitation. And open up your life. Your door of your house to him and welcome him in, that he might have fellowship with you and you with him. All the people that were there on Palm Sunday over 2,000 years ago had their own ideas of, uh, excuse me, I'm I'm skipping ahead now to my next point. (laughs) Uh, The third point in this this prophecy was, again, in verse 9, it says, Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous. Having salvation is he. Now, I want you to notice the wording there. Righteous and having salvation is he. In other words, they're the same. Jesus, if you talk about Jesus, you can say his name is righteous. If you talk about Jesus, you can say his name is salvation. His name is... Is righteousness and salvation. So what, is, what did the people do on that day when he came into Jerusalem? They took down the palm branches. They took off their cloaks and they threw it on the donkey. And, and they, they, they waved the palm fronds and they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna. And the word Hosanna means, Lord, save us. They recognized that there was salvation in none other than this person, Jesus, that king of kings that was being ushered into their city on that day. And I want all of us to realize nothing is going to save us, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, not the independents. I don't care who they are. They're not going to save us. King Jesus, save us. See, we're in the same situation. We're in the same situation as they were that day. They were under the Roman government, under the Roman Empire at that time, and they were required, if uh, it, as to be, if they were Roman subjects, to worship the emperor. And today, you know, we're we're kind of in that situation where the, all these promises are being given to us. No, we'll take care of this, and we'll take care of that. We'll make this life a better life. Well, I tell you, they cannot deliver on those promises. All they want is our vote. Now, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm going to vote. Don't get me wrong. I think it's every one of our responsibilities to vote for the, the person that we believe will, will be the best leader for our nation. But I tell you that when the people cried out, they realized that Caesar couldn't help them. Herod couldn't help them. Pilate, the governor, could not help them. But they looked and they saw Jesus and they realized that he's the one that healed the blind, made the lepers clean, and opened, raised the dead. And Lazarus, guess who was in the crowd that day? Lazarus was there, who he raised from the dead. And so they were crying out, Lord, save us! Lord, save us! They knew they didn't have. Any hope in any other. And I want to say to us today, we have hope in none other but King Jesus today. Open your heart. Open your life. Open your house to King Jesus today. He will save you. All that people on Palm Sunday that worshipped him, that fell down on their faces before him and worshipped. They had their ideas of what they wanted Jesus to do. They wanted to be free from the Romans. They wanted healing. They wanted wanted to be free. They wanted to experience freedom. And sometimes we come to Jesus with our own ideas of what we want him to do. But I tell you what, Jesus was not distracted from the people's ideas. He did not come to serve their wishes or their desires. He came to do one thing, and that was to go to a cross. And to die on a cross for your sins and my sins. Because he knew that was the answer for the depravity and the sin that was in us. So Jesus went through that week of suffering. Through that betrayal, that, that beating, that woundedness in his body. That crying out in the garden, Lord, if there's any other way, let it be. But I know not my will, Lord, but Your will be done. And he embraced the cross. Because when the people cried out, save us, they meant they wanted something right now. The immediate, the tangible. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you something greater. I'm going to give you something that gives you eternal life. And so he went to the cross. On our behalf, a righteous Savior. The final thing that Jesus fulfilled in this scripture, and this is amazing to me. Again, this was 500 years before Jesus was even born. He said he would come in on a donkey, a foal, a colt, a colt that has never been ridden before. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm not a horse rider or whatever, and I've never ridden a donkey, but I don't think they would very much welcome the fact of somebody climbing on their back and being ridden into Jerusalem, especially with all the clamor and everything that was going on at that time. But somehow the gentleness and the humility of Christ probably calmed, had a calming sensation of over that donkey, and Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. Now, what's the symbolism here? What's the point of Jesus coming into the city, the, the major city, the religious center of, of Israel, on a donkey rather than a white stallion? Well, if we read verse 10, and we'll look at that maybe if we have time a little bit later. We'll see that he is coming one day in a white stallion. But under a whole different set of circumstances. And Jesus is coming today, this Palm Sunday. What is this year? 2016. (laughs) And he's coming to our door. He's coming to your door right now. And he knocks on the door. He doesn't barge through the door. He doesn't do a house invasion. (laughs) But he just knocks at the door. He's a humble king. He's riding on a donkey. And all he's doing is waiting patiently for you to come to the door And open it. Say, King Jesus, come in. See, he doesn't really put demands upon us. But he gives us a new possibility. A new probability. A new way of living. A new life. A new experience to experience his presence in our life. And also his kingdom for us. Well, the story goes that when Jesus was coming from Bethany to Bethphage, another village. He said to his disciples, I want you to go into the village here and you will find a donkey. And I want you to go to the donkey and untie it. Well, as he they were untying the donkey, guess what happened? Well, the owners came out and said, What are you gonna do with what are you doing with the donkey? Well, the king has need of him. And that was the end of the story. No more discussion. And I, I was thinking about this recently as I was reading through the Gospels. Every gospel shares, all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, f- share the story of the triumphal entrance into Jerusalem. So there's great significance about this. Prophecy. And I I was wondering to myself, I wondered if Jesus prearranged with the owner. You know, Jesus had been in Jerusalem before. He'd been in that area before. Remember, he was in uh, Bethany where he he raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and, you know, maybe he had arranged with this donkey man, Can I, can I borrow your donkey for a few hours? And I don't know. Maybe it was just the word of knowledge that the man had. This is, this is the right time. Maybe that person knew. No, he knew the maybe prophecy of Zechariah as well. He so, hey, I'd I love to have my donkey be part of the fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy. Take him. We don't know the circumstances, the Bible isn't clear on that. But you just kind of imagine, how did that come to be? See, Jesus, he was was here to fulfill all righteousness. As he sent John the Baptist when he came to John and says, John, I need you to baptize me. John says, no, you need to be baptizing me. He says, I'm not even unworthy, unworthy to even untie your shoelaces. Jesus says, no, John, let it be to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus came to do what the scriptures say about him. The things that the prophets prophesied. And so we're talking about not just a man here. We're not just talking about a healer or someone who can, and can give you uh, many things and can feed you and, and clothe you and heal you of leprosy or any other sickness. He can do that and he can do much more. He can save you. And he wants to come humbly into your life and live with you. And give you life more abundantly. <clears throat> now, I share with you four key points in this prophecy. First of all, Jesus is coming to your house today. He's inviting you to open the door and welcome the king of kings into your life. Secondly, there's no king like Jesus. He's righteous. He's pure. He'll treat you just like he treats everybody. Not better, not worse. He loves you with an everlasting love. His love is unconditional. He's righteous. He will not turn his back on you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you. He's righteous. He won't say one thing and do another. He won't make a promise unless he's determined to keep it. It was the third one. <laughs> oh boy. Salvation. <laughs> He's the Savior. Who's going to save you? Who are you looking to for salvation today? You cry out, Lord, look at the mess that I'm in. Look at the mess we're in, Lord. Who's going to save me? Jesus says, I am salvation. I am the door of salvation. And I've got to wrap this up. I know I'm running out of time here. The kids have a lot of things in store here today. And finally, he comes gently. He comes humbly and he's knocking at your door. And now the ball is in your court. Now the people had a choice on Palm Sunday, whether they were going to worship him and bow down and put their palm fronds down on the ground and their coats upon the donkey, or they could turn their back and walk away. And you can do the same today. God help you if you do that. Jesus says, Open the door of your heart to me today. Now, I'm going to help us do that. If you're ready, and I'm, I'm saying this to you if you've, been, if you've heard this message for the first time in your life and you decide today that you want Jesus to be king in your life, I, I'm asking you to stand if that's you. But if you've been a Christian for 50 plus years like I have been, I want you to stand also. And I want us to pray this psalm together as we welcome King Jesus into our houses today. And I don't know if you can get this up on the screen or not. Psalm 118. And I could imagine that. Imagine Jesus coming into the building today. Maybe not on a donkey, maybe on a, uh, I was going to say on a scooter or something like that, but (laughs) I don't know, we got all these, uh, one of those hoverboards or something, you know. (laughs) Harley-Davidson, you know, you never know how he would come in today. But imagine Jesus coming in today, and we're saying now, King Jesus, righteous Jesus, Savior Jesus, humble Jesus, and, we're, and he's at our door, and we invite him in. Would you repeat these words with me? Well, wait a minute here. No, this is uh, Psalm 118, verses 19 through 25. <clears throat> okay. Open to me the gates of righteousness. That I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Next verse. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. Can you go back to the first verse again? And I want us to read this through one more time. And I want you to let it sink in what we are saying here in this prayer. Say it like you really are emphasizing each word too, will you? Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Verse 20. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. Verse 21. I thank you that you have answered me And have become my salvation. Folks, it's that simple. This clap will give him a welcome this morning, all right? Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming. We thank you for entering into our life, into our world. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to us. You did not wait for us to come to you, but you came to us. We thank you that your name is salvation. There is salvation in none other than the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are righteous and you are just. And you can teach us how to live this life even today. And Lord, we thank you for your gentleness and your mercy in our lives. Now, there's three more verses. I want us to continue on. The next verse, verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The world is rejecting Jesus today. But Jesus is the cornerstone of life. Jesus wants to become the cornerstone of your house. And I'm speaking to everyone here today, especially you that are heads of your house. Jesus wants to become the Savior, the cornerstone of your house and of your household. The next verse. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And one more, I believe. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> you thought you were done, didn't you? Be seated for a moment. I'm just going to wrap this up. John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Jesus states these words. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, we've been talking about the door of your house today. I want you to imagine your door on hinges that go both ways. And he says in this passage that you can, he is the door and you can go in and out. Now, the importance of inviting Jesus in is, is that where you have fellowship with him. But then he wants you to go out as well. Now, so many Christians, we invite Jesus into our lives, but we never go with him the full journey. We, we get fire insurance. We get eternal life and we get our sins forgiven. We think, well, that's it. That's all there is to the Christian life. Wrong. It's only the beginning, the first step. And he wants to, he wants to come into his, your house. He wants to bring your, his kingdom into your house. He wants to bring all of heaven into your house. And that takes a lifetime. And we're not talking about eternity only. We're talking about here And now Jesus isn't just for the sweet by and by. He's for the here and the now. And so I'm challenging you this morning. Now that you've invited Jesus to come into your house, don't just figure that it's over and done with. No, he wants to bring his kingdom into your life. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth in me as it is in heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. So we began the journey this morning, but it's not over. I'd like to look at it this way. Uh, I was talking to our, my resident theologian this week, uh, Bella, at our house. I asked her about the Chronicles of Narnia. I remember I saw the movie, but I, you know I'm not a real movie buff. But was it? She said it was Lucy that went to the went to the what do you call that? The yeah, I can never say that word wardrobe. Yeah, and she went into the she went in through the door, and what was there on the other side? But another opening or another door, and so. The door goes both ways. Now, sometimes we just get inside and we see the clothing and we we try it on, you know, maybe do a little, you know, yeah, it's kind of cozy in there. We're alone with our thoughts. But then there's another door. And when she went through that door, a whole other world opened up. Jesus says, I'm the door of the sheep. And in me, you can go in and you can go out and you can go in and you can go out and you go in and you can go out and find pasture. And he's talking about every day of our lives. It's a new day. There's new experiences. There's new adventure with Jesus. As we learn to know him and to walk with him and experience him, Face to face, which brings me to my conclusion. If you want to go deeper, there's a class this week starting (laughs) entitled Face to Face with Jesus. And it's all about his encounters with individuals throughout his ministry here on earth and how he encountered them, how he transformed their lives, how they were changed in that face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Do you want to be changed? Do you want to see Jesus face-to-face? Open the door. Let him lead you through the door into a world that's full of life abundantly.